0: This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Okay, so awesome. We're doing a series called Next Level. And it's about going next level in faith. That's the main focus. It's about unlocking faith for the supernatural. And it's been working it's been stirring me, and uh, so last week we started off, and I, I basically shared last week why it is so important to have faith. Why Why faith? And I <coughs> shared this truth that if, you, if, you don't, if you're not standing in faith, you're not going to stand at all. You need to stand in faith. It's the only true way. Then you're standing on the rock, which is Christ, and no longer on quicksand. So you need to stand in faith if you want to make it in life, if you want to overcome. If you're not standing in faith, you're going to buckle under the pressure. You're going to be anxious. You're going to be worried. You're going to, your wheels are going to come off at some point unless you stand in faith, because that's truly standing. Okay, let's say it. I'm going to stand in faith. You're to know, stand in faith in God. Okay, so you need to stand in faith. Now today I want to start now in this journey. I want to help you to unlock faith. How do we unlock faith? How do we grow in faith? And I want to give you a key this evening to help you unlock faith. Hallelujah. Okay, so... Some years ago when um, Sonic and I, my wife and I, when we arrived in East London at the end of 2008, uh, my wife was eight months pregnant. Uh, about three weeks in when we arrived here, Vian, our son, was born, uh, it was just a hectic season, so my wife fell into like a postnatal depression, insomnia, anxiety. It was a mess for about three years, and close to the end of the three-year period, it was just like I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't... It's like, I, I didn't know what to do anymore. It was, it was like I was pushed into a corner and I was like, even like walk away from God or trust Him for more. You know, and, and I discovered in that season of our lives, I discovered the power of when God becomes your only option. And that's what I want to share with you tonight the way to unlock faith is, that, is when God becomes your only option. It's a miracle. It's, it's something supernatural that happens in the human heart. It's like there's a switch flipped when you go from double-minded, maybe too comfortable, not desperate enough, to I need God. <laughs> or it's game over. And, and that's sort of what happened to me. This is like 2012-ish. You know, I was like... God, we need you. <laughs> Jesus, you are our only option, because we otherwise we're stuffed. We just, it's, just, it's a nightmare. It's like we're not living life as a family, as a couple. Uh, no more joy, no more. We weren't having fun anymore. It was just like, my wife's sort of depressed. I have no more joy. And, 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 and life, was, it was really, really battling. Smallest little thing would trigger things, and we were back into chaos. Sleepless nights, depression, lack of joy, lack of peace. And it's like I was in this corner, and I tell you that corner is actually beautiful. It's not fun in the moment. But when you backed into that corner, the greatest miracles tend to happen. And you can look all through Scripture. The greatest miracles were when Israel were backed into a corner, when Judah was backed into a corner. They had no other option but God. Now, our challenge for many of us, is that, you know, we we have the capacity to believe. Every one of us, you have a measure of faith. You have been designed to put your faith in God. You've been designed to trust in, in God. But now what happens is we tend to dilute our faith by putting our trust in other things. Put our trust maybe in a bit of insurance over there. Put our trust in medical aid maybe there. Put our trust maybe in the bank account or the car or the house or the... Or just self, you know. I'm putting my faith in me. I'm gonna sort this out. You know, I'm gonna make a plan. I'm gonna, and, and, and we dilute our faith, and, the, and, and then there's no faith left to trust in God. And I have found over the last six, seven, eight years, and before, you know, those, the, the most beautiful moments of my life is when, when God becomes my only option. So, how many options do you have tonight? How many things are you trusting in? How many things or even people are you looking to? Or are you wholeheartedly looking to God? Because that's when you unlock faith for the supernatural. That is when God shows up. I remember even going to Manaus, a a city in Brazil, and we were invited to this church of 6,000 people to do do this this revival conference. I felt so out of my depth. I was like, What the heck, Andre, who do you think you are? You can't do this. Like a week-long ministry in this. I was like, God, if you don't show up, it'll just be sad. Very sad. And the incredible thing is that when that switches, when it's like that, you go into another gear, like, God, I trust in you and you alone, then he shows up. And he did, mightily. Incredible miracles. You know, and I believe that if if you and I, like I felt tonight, you know, the Lord is releasing an anointing for for the birthing of His plans into this realm. If we want to if we want to birth His will and heart into this realm, then we need to position ourselves in that place of faith, wholehearted faith. You see, it, when when what, whatever God wants to do, when you start off, there's nothing. It just looks very sad. And yet you're seeing something. You're seeing something. You're seeing something. So what are you seeing tonight? What are you seeing in your life? What are you seeing your life's impact on this world? Are you seeing from God's perspective? Are you hearing the voice of God saying to you, this is the way. Walk in it. You know, and so many times I'm like, man, why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? You know, why am I stepping out and pushing this thing? And then I, I just come back to, but God called me to do it. God called me to birth the encounters for the shofar churches. God called me to push this thing. And I'm, I'm just like, I'm just going to obey him. doesn't matter if there's opposition. doesn't matter what opinions of people. In the same way, you won't achieve anything in this life. Truly significant unless you see with the eyes of your heart, the eyes of the spirit, what God is revealing to you in your work environment, at your school, or your business, or your home, or your family, or you need to see it. You know, it's like a few years ago, we started with the youth ministry, yeah, next door, and, and you start off with nothing, and then you have a few evenings that you wonder, what are we doing? <laughs> But then there's something on the inside that moves you. It's like this desire, like Jesus. The young people in the city need you. They really need you. So there's nothing yet through this church at that time, but God, we're positioning ourselves, and we're seeing many young people on fire for Christ. And so we're going to step out. Lord, we are available. Show us how. You know, and so you start walking a journey step by step, and then you start seeing manifestations, little glimpses of, oh, that young person's life is changed, and that one, and then it starts to build, but you need to keep pushing it, keep doing it, keep going for it. So what are you seeing? What are you seeing in your work environment? Are you just going through the motions like, hey, man, you're just doing your job, getting your salary, going on with life? <clears throat> or are you seeing more? Because I believe God is wanting to show you this more. Come on, let's say it. There's more. You need to believe it. You need to believe it. You need to see with the eyes of the Spirit, you know. And I, I think those, those seasons of absolute desperation is like, God, you're my only option. And then what? Breakthrough comes, miracles come. God heals your wife, and the Lord moves mightily in this scenario and that scenario. And then you go back to comfort zone. Everything's fine. No, we need to be hungry. We need to be desperate. We need to be like, God, no, there's, there's so much more. You know, what often happens with me as well, you know, sometimes we fall into that, that, that hole of we compare ourselves to others. And you think, well, at least we're better than that. <laughs> you know? And that's just terrible. Because God has a specific standard for you. It's got nothing to do with the people around you. If you compare yourselves with the uh, Elevation Church, then we'll all be depressed. (laughs) I've watched Stephen Furtick. I'm like, how does he do that? The whole crowd's on their feet like, yeah! I turn it off. It's depressing. (laughs) And then you compare yourself to the something extremely religious, like everybody's dying, there's three people in the house, and you're like, well, at least we're better than that. (laughs) And that's also pointless, because the Lord hasn't called us there, or the, yeah, He's called us somewhere beautiful. Don't compare yourself. That's also like leaning on the arm of the flesh. You're actually saying, I'm trusting in, well, at least I'm better than that. That's just horrible. That's just, you, 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 you're shooting too low. Come on. Look at where He's calling you. See in the Spirit and birth it. Don't allow Your faith to be diluted by looking in all the wrong places, either self-comparing yourself to others or whatever it might be. Don't dilute your faith because then nothing's left. There's no faith left to put in God because you're leaning into all the wrong things. Okay, so let's look at this tonight. How can you and I reposition ourselves so that God becomes our only option? Come on, say it, only option. Should we wait for a crisis? No. No, no, no. We shouldn't wait for the crisis. We should should, uh, step up now. Already position ourselves so that we can step into the fullness of God. Okay, so the first key for unlocking faith, the first key for making God your only option, removing other options off the table. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7. Speaks about love. The classic chapter about love, and it says, love bears all things. And then it believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Love never fails. There's something supernatural that happens when the love of God impacts our hearts. It's like, My love for my wife, for Sonica, and the hell that she went through. Those were three years of hell. It moved me. It was like, I love this woman. I love her with all my heart. I'm like, God, there's only one option. You need to heal her. You need to deliver her. You need to give us this breakthrough. Lord, in the light of destiny, of impacting this world, Jesus, you need to set us free as a family because this is just a mess this is a complete stuff up if we stay where we are at. You see, and love believes all things. It gives you no other option. It's just like love upgrades your faith. Love upgrades your belief. It's like with the youth ministry, Daniel. It's like when we love the young people in this town, and our hearts break for them, then you're like, you're not looking at what is. You're like, Jesus, give us more. More faith, more wisdom, more passion, more resolve, more courage. Jesus, I know you want to reach the young people in this town. God, I know you want to reach these people. God, we are available. You see? Love removes other options. Love removes the option of, well, let's give up. No, we can't give up. We can't stop pushing into God. There are lives at stake. You know, and sometimes we get pushed into a corner. You're like, man, this is tough. And oh, Well, what options do you have? Get up. (laughs) Seek the Lord. There are lives at stake. You know, so that's where I'm at. I'm like... I only have one option. Andre, get up and believe. You only have one option. You know, I, I I just realize this so often that there are so many lives that are dependent upon me seeking the face of God. It it, it causes me to have no other options. I can't sit in a corner and give up. I can't become disillusioned. And I have been at times. Years ago, I've, I've like the seasons of my life that I was disillusioned and unbelieving, as I shared last week. But I have to get up. In the same way, there are a whole lot of people that depend upon you. There's a whole lot of people that depend upon you getting up and saying, Lord, I only have one option. I need to believe. I need to trust in you. No, I can't be a wuss. No, I can't give up, can't be disillusioned, can't stop seeking the face of God. No, I can't turn away from believing. I can't give up on God. I must push into Him. Amen. So come on, let that move you. Let love move you. Let the people at your work move you. love for them move you. Let the people in your environments move you. Let the kids at your school move you. You know, I often just, I, I, you know, it's just like, sometimes I just wonder, like, for me, it is so clear. It's just clear cut. I'm, I'm, I'm like thinking black and white. I'm thinking heaven or hell. <laughs> There's no options there. Let's do heaven. <laughs> you know, you sit with somebody that's disillusioned, that is over it, that's offended with God, offended with people, and I just want to say, well, what options do you have if you stay disillusioned, if you stay offended, if you, if you keep on this journey and you lose your faith completely? Is hell and eternity without God? Is that an acceptable solution to you or option to you? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, let's go back to option A <laughs> get up, follow Jesus, get over yourself, you're not a victim, and let's go for heaven. Home is heaven. Amen. For me, it's just so clear-cut. But I think we get, we get muddy in our thinking. We get confused in our thinking. We think it's okay to be bitter and angry and offended and whatever else. No, it's not. It will cost you your eternal salvation ultimately. So I'm like, let's sort it out. <laughs> only one option. Come on, let's say it. There's only one option. Amen. Jesus. To believe, to trust in Him. So that's number one. Love gives us only one option. Love upgrades our faith. Now secondly, great faith is the product of great fights. If you want to make God your only option, step into a fight that you cannot win without God's help. Step into something that is like, if God doesn't show up, this is a mess. And they're so beautiful. In 2 Chronicles 20, verse 12, it speaks of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. And I think his father was not a good king. And then he became king and he started to turn to God and started to start up worship in the nation again. He started to think, get things back on track. And then this massive army came against them. Massive army. I mean, overwhelming army, real army, physical, real soldiers, not a spiritual battle, real deal. And this army will destroy them, will destroy the nation. And then Jehoshaphat turns to God, and then the whole nation turns to God, and it says, oh, our God, in verse 12, will you not judge them, our enemies? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. We have no power against this this great multitude that is coming against us. See, that's part of the key. You see, God only begins to work when you come to the end of yourself. So if you think you have the power to overcome in life and to achieve the will of God, you're not going to be desperate for the Lord. God only begins to work when you come to the end of yourself. So you need to see yourself in the light of the greatness of God, and you must just admit, I don't have the power. I don't have the ability. I can't do this. Come on, let's say I can't do this. And then it says there, we have no power against this great multitude, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. It's like, well, as I'm I'm becoming older, in my 40s now, and quite gray, (laughs) I realize, you know, with... Leading chauffeur in, in terms of the, the apostolic team and all the churches and, and just the church here and everything that we're facing, you know, I, 10 years ago, I might have just said, "Man, I, I, I know, I have the answer." Now these days I'm like, "Jesus, I don't know. <laughs> this is just too complex for me. Me and my little brain, me and my little old self.) Uh, I don't have the power, I don't have the ability without you, and I don't have the wisdom. Jesus, I need you. I really need you. Lives are at stake. Every decision we make impacts real people, families with children. God help us to make the right decisions. We need you. That is a better place to be. It sometimes takes a bit of time and a bit of pain to get you to the point that you realize you ain't got this. It's a profound moment. Of one's life. I sometimes laugh about, sometimes when I see a young person that hasn't, you know, and I look at this and I listen to that, and I'm like, sometimes old people as well. But it's, generally you should grow as you, as you get older. But I'm like, oh, my soul. This young person has not suffered sufficiently yet. He still thinks he's got this. <laughs> you don't. Come on, let's say it. I don't. I haven't got this. That is a very profound moment in your life when you actually believe it. Amen. And so so Jehoshaphat and the people said, we don't have the power, we don't have the wisdom, we don't have the answers, but God, our eyes are upon you. Come on, let's say, our eyes are upon you. That's the key. You need to make God your only option because then you step into next level of faith. Verse thirty. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives, and their children, what did they do? They stood before the Lord. What I shared last week, I said, if you're not standing in faith, you won't stand at all. And this whole nation were like the 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 parents, the kids, the leaders, everyone was standing before God and we're like, Lord, we look to you. We look to you. That is when you make God your only option. So where are you standing today? Where are you standing? Do you still think you've got this? Do you still think you can make this work? You, you won't achieve what God has called you to do. And if you think you can do it, you're aiming too low. You, your goals are very small. If you think that you can do it, you know, so they, they stood before God in faith. And so part of the key, if you want to move into this place where God becomes your only option, then you, you, it's a bit like a, a car. You're driving a car, and you realize, uh, Jesus, I am not a good driver. Because you see, uh, it's not working there, it's not working there, it's not working there. I'm not a great driver. Jesus, I think you should drive. How about that plan? And he's like, well, I've been suggesting it for a few years now. But I, I was like, can I help? So you need to hand the steering wheel over and to say, okay, Jesus, you drive. You show the way. You show the way. Then God becomes your only option. Do you know what it takes? It takes daily surrender. And this is where it gets tough. Third key to making God your only option. Daily surrender. God, I surrender this to you. God, I surrender this business, this work, this family, my life, my finances, my, my, my physical health, my protection. God, I come and lay it down at your feet. You're my only option. Jesus, daily surrender. This is the most difficult thing I believe in life, a daily surrender because we tend to trust in the things around us. You know, and so we're sitting with some couples the last while that are having marital challenges, and I'm like continuously asking, Jesus, help me. How can I help them? How can I help me to help them, Lord? (laughs) And I had to tell them, okay, guys, you're seeing it's not working so well. Your way isn't working. And they're like, we see. So how are we going to turn this around? So we came to the conclusion, in one of the sessions, like, What would a God-honoring family look like? What if we reposition this family, marriage and kids, we reposition everything to become a God-honoring family? What if we prioritize Jesus, we hand over the steering wheel, okay, Jesus, you drive. What would that look like? Well, that would look like a family that comes to church every Sunday, a family, the parents that speak to the kids and say, kids, we've made some mistakes. We are sorry, but from this day onwards, Jesus is the head of the house, and we want to honor him, and we're going to trust God for a God-honoring family. Jesus is the top. He's the head. And then dad, he's the second leader of the house, and then mom, who's allowed second opinions, and then the kids that should obey parents. Let's get divine order from the top right through to the bottom. Let's spend time with Jesus. Let's pray together. Let's allow Jesus to drive the wheel. So I'm really trusting for this family. we are seeing some amazing stuff happening. I'm trusting for more of that. But sometimes the most difficult things in life is to let go of the steering wheel. Hand it over. We like to control people at times. Don't control the people at work. If you're in a leadership position at work, don't control people. Don't be ugly with people. Let go of control. Amen, amen, maybe that's hitting somewhere, but let go and let God. Yeah, that's a good saying. Come on, let's say, let go and let God. Amen. Let go and let God. Okay, so I want to take you to a classic, powerful passage in the Scriptures, Mark chapter 9, verse 18, as we continue to speak about how can we make God our only option. Mark 9, 18, now the context is his dad and his little boy, and the boy is demonized. The boy is being tormented by demonic spirits, and it's a, it's a mess. And then it says in verse 18, and wherever dad is now sharing with Jesus, it says, wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, he gnashes his teeth, becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out. But they could not. They could not. We had a problem. Houston, we have a problem. We bring the boy to the disciples, the apostles of the Lord, and they could not help. Why? Jesus answers. He says, he answered him in verse 19 and said, oh, faithless generation. Come on, say faithless. Jesus connected their abilities with their levels of faith. He said, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I bear with you? How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? You're frustrating me. Can't you just believe? Can't you just activate your faith? Can't you just flip the switch where God becomes your only option? Unbelieving generation. The reason there's no power is because you're not believing sufficiently. You know, and we so like to blame God, you know. I prayed and it didn't work. Lord, why didn't you do it? And then we get upset with God and we would blame him and like <laughs> the problem is not on God's side. He has unlimited power. He has unlimited compassion. It's not like he doesn't want to heal, or he doesn't want to, or he doesn't have the ability. He has it all. The disconnect is on our side. We need to activate our faith. So many times Jesus pulls it back to this thing. Let it be done to you according to your faith. Let it be done to you according to your faith. In other words, he's saying, Activate your faith in God. We don't have faith in faith. We have faith in God. It's trust in God. You see, in this realm, if you want to do business, eh, who's gone to the shop? You've taken a few things. You come to the tool and you say, thank you very much. And you walk out without paying. How's that work for you? Probably not very good. In this realm, if you want to do business, you need money. You want to buy it, you swipe your card, or you give cash money to do business. In the kingdom of God, you need faith. The currency of the kingdom is faith. No faith, no business. It's just not going to work. You're just going to be frustrated. Next week, I'll be sharing about the language of faith, something the Holy Spirit dropped into my spirit. There's a language of faith heaven only speaks the language of faith if you speak unbelief it's like someone speaking russian to you i no understand what are you saying <laughs> i don't understand i'm not no comprende god does not understand unbelief the currency of the kingdom is faith Without faith, no business. It's not faith in faith, it's faith in God. But you need to contend for faith. Unless you have faith, you will not see the kingdom of God come in your life. So many of us are frustrated out of our minds with our circumstances. Why? You haven't unlocked faith yet. You haven't contended for faith yet. And yes, sometimes it's a journey. And yes, sometimes you don't get what you would have liked to see. But faith doesn't hold God ransom. It's not like, well, God, you, I prayed and you didn't do it, so now I am offended. No. Faith means I trust you, even whatever the outcome, whatever the outcome looks like, I trust you. Amen. Okay, come on. Faith is the currency. And so unfortunately, this faithless generation is a faithless church, and so many people come to church and to churches, and they leave unchanged, and lives not transformed because the the church of Jesus Christ is powerless because we are faithless. But I believe God wants to turn that around. Amen. As I felt the Lord say last week to us, we are a believing church. Amen. We are a faithful church. That is who we are in God. And I felt the Spirit drop this into Holy Spirit drop this into my heart uh, in this week. But I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, or God say to me, that small-mindedness inhibits me. Trust me for more. So, in other words, it's easy to trust God for something that you can fulfill yourself. You don't really need God. I'm trusting to still be breathing tomorrow. Well, well done. Maybe you should upgrade your faith a little bit more. It's a good place to start, but... What if you and I would live in a way that unless God shows up, it's a mess? Because now you're making God your only option. What if you and I would live in a way that... Our faith goals would be so out there that unless God shows up, it is a mess. And that's why I love it when, especially when we do, you know, uh, a healing service where we are actually trusting Jesus to heal somebody physically right now. Yo, that takes my, that takes my, God's my only option all the way. (laughs) It's like, Jesus, I can't heal a headache. And we need cancer to leave now. Jesus, we need you. You are our only option. God wants us to step out of the place of living safely into a place of trust. Oh man, I've so few times, many times, many times, many times, I'm like, why did I do that? (laughs) Why did I step out? Why did I, why did I do that? It is so uncomfortable now. Why didn't I just stay at home and not trust Jesus for something Massive. Because that's what believers do. We step out. We push the boundaries. We push the limits. I remember some years ago, I was just, Sonica was like, Andre, can we just have one term, just one, without any incidents? Because in the old way, you know, I, I would so push the boundaries in terms of trusting God for miracles and things like that, that I made my leadership in Cape Town extremely uncomfortable. So I would be called in like once a term. I sometimes have to fly down. My wife is like, Andre, can we just have one, one term without issues? And I'm like, I can't help myself. I'm going to step out. I'm going to step out. I'm going to push the limits. It's going to backfire at times, but I'm going to step out. And this is my life motto, one of my life mottos. I would rather die believing than live in unbelief. I'd rather die believing than live in unbelief. Because if you're living in unbelief, it's not living. If you're living by faith, then you're truly living. When you're living by faith, then you please God. When you're truly living in faith, in, by faith in Him, then you connect to Him, and then you open the door that God can show up. Man, I want to be that guy that God can point to one day and say, I'm so proud of Him. He trusted me. It didn't always work out so well, but that's okay. <laughs> he trusted in me. Who are you going to be? Who are you going to be? Are you going to be the one that Jesus points and say, man, I'm so proud of you. Well done. You trusted in me. I love the stories about Smith Wigglesworth. You know, he was a, a man of great faith. They called him the apostle of faith. And his son-in-law, he wrote in one of these books about Smith, Smith's life. He was a man from, from Britain. He died around 1945-ish. And he would do meetings, revival meetings, and would go place, and the son-in-law would share how his father-in-law would, just after maybe the worship time, father-in-law would announce, Smith Wiggles would announce, who is the person in the house with the greatest infirmity, the greatest sickness, the worst disease in the house? Who is that person? Bring them to me now, because Jesus is going to heal them now. So that son-in-law said he would just die a thousand deaths, just like, dad. <laughs> and what? And Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up. Now you need to go make sure that's what God wants you to do. <laughs> you need to go develop some faith. Don't be presumptuous. You need to go and make sure that that is the way the Spirit of God is leading you. But how is that for radical faith? If God doesn't show up, you you look like a fool. And I have so many times I've been in those moments where like, I would rather look like a fool and give Jesus an opportunity to be powerful. (laughs) So, I remember something I did years ago. I I shared last week about going to Turkey. So, um, you know, so there was this one moment in Turkey. And as a Muslim nation, a 99.9% Muslim. So, on Fridays, they have this... uh, Everybody goes to the mosque and thousands and thousands of people at the mosque. And so, anyway, so we feel that God's, the Holy Spirit is saying we need to pray for somebody that can't walk. We need to pray for a lame person. At that time, I've never, I haven't seen healings at that time. I'm 20 years old, I'm clueless, but I'm like, God can't do anything. So, so we feel these worries about praying for someone that can't walk. And now I'm like, okay, Lord, speak to us. So now I pray. Okay, Holy Spirit, show us, tell us where and when will we meet this person that we can pray for them. So we felt, I felt the Holy Spirit say, downtown Mersin, the city where we're at, 12 noon, Friday, 12 o'clock, in front of the mosque area there, we will find the person that we need to pray for. So now we're walking around Friday afternoon around 12-ish, 12 o'clock, as it hits 12, we're walking down the street in front of this massive mosque. There comes a guy crawling past us backwards. He can't walk. I'm like, is that a sign? (laughs) So now I'm like, woo, Okay. Secret missionaries in Muslim country... (laughs) praying for a man who can't walk. So now we start to pray for this man who can't walk in front of this massive mosque around 12. And I'm like, but what if Jesus shows up? What if we die? I'm like, what? I'm going between those two, moment, two things because we're starting to pray for this guy and the next moment we draw a crowd of Muslim men. Jesus <laughs> we're just obeying you Lord we're just stepping out today anyways at some point I'm like let's let's pick him up we're gonna do this in Jesus name so we pick up the guy and and the other guy or the Muslim men start to help us and we tried to carry this guy around and I was like I'm gonna die I'm gonna die <laughs> and at some point we gently put the man down and we waved and <laughs> And we walked away. Praise God. I don't know. Maybe he walked the next day, but he didn't walk then. But the win was we stepped out. You see, the miracles in God's hands, but the believing is not ours, the stepping out is not ours. But I don't, it's just part of my DNA. I just always want, I just, I just know my God can do anything. Amen. Come on, say it. All things are possible with God, and yes, 20 years later, we have seen people get up out of wheelchairs, and it's been beautiful, so verse 22, and then the dad still sharing there how the challenge with his son, is, and often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him, this demonic power, and, but then he says, this, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us, fascinating. So he's speaking to Jesus, the Son of God, God in the flesh. And he says, if you can, help us. If you have compassion, have compassion, help us. And then Jesus responds again as he so many times he does. And he says, "Um, you you, you are missing the point. No, if you can believe. That is so profound. So many times he said, according to your faith. And he says there, if you can believe. Come on, let's say it. If I can believe. Then he says, all things, come on, say it, all things, are possible to him who believes. All things are possible to him who believes. In other words, when you make God your only option, then a whole lot of supernatural possibilities become available to you. Isn't that cool? When you make God your only option then a whole lot of supernatural possibilities come to you. I've seen this in my life. The more I believe, the more God moves. The more I believe, the more miracles I see. The more I believe, the easier it gets because it is God who does it, not me. If you can believe... If you can believe, you'll see a marriage turn around. If you will believe, you will see God heal. If you believe, you will see provision. If you will believe, you will see answers to your prayers. If you believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Come on, let's say it. I need to believe. You need to get this. Imagine a life where you're always confident and always full of peace. You need faith. Only through faith. Faith in God. Not faith in faith. Faith in God. That is the key. And Jesus says, if you can believe. And verse 24, he says, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears. I can just imagine. I mean, he's dying for his boy. And he says, Lord, I believe. But if I'm honest, help my unbelief. (laughs) I love what's what... uh, Ryan Bonkey says he says, I don't, be- I don't pray, Lord, help my unbelief. I pray, Lord, kill my unbelief. Amen. Come on, let's say it. Lord, kill my unbelief. Dead. <laughs> Amen. Kill it dead. No, 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 nothing left. No unbelief left in Jesus name. So come on, how do we unlock? How do we unlock faith for the supernatural? Is when God becomes our only option. Just put on the five points there, please, of how to make God your only option. Number one, love gives us only one option. Because we love people, we do not give up. We move deeper into the Lord. Number two, great faith is the product of great fights. I'm not afraid of a great fight. I get excited in a great fight because my faith will be upgraded. God becomes my only option. Thirdly, daily surrender. Every day I come and I lay down my trust in these other things. Jesus, I trust in you. Number four, trust God for what only he can do. Otherwise, your faith, you're aiming too low. And number five, his way must become our ways. There is a, a playing out, a, an outworking of faith. I'm so blessed with, the, with so many of the people in our church. There's a bunch of business guys that I, I'm so proud of. Because what they've done is that, you see, you, you need to surrender your business to Jesus. If you want the Lord to defend and to fight for you and to provide for you, then you need to hand the business over to Jesus. In other words, like some of our guys, like Rion, one of our elders, he's the owner of OnTap. When he started off, he said, Jesus, this is not your business. This is yours, and I'm gonna follow your ways. And I love it how Rion would I hear so many places, so many, so many people that he blesses, so many organizations in need, and they get free stuff because he, he's led by the Spirit of God to bless. He's, my business is a kingdom business. Rion sponsors our men's conference every year. It's amazing. And then we have got other guys also, like Brett Peterson, who's in the construction industry. Forty plus people working for him, and uh, every morning he prays with his staff. He prays with them because he makes Jesus is the Lord of this business. And he spoke to me and he said to me, Andre, I have forty plus families dependent on this on this business. This business needs to work, so I'm making Jesus the Lord of this business. I'm giving this business to Him. So I was this one morning, I was thinking about we've got a video recording studio next door, and I was like, man, I need a ceiling. So Brett phones me, and he says, Andre, I want to bless the church. How can I bless the church? I'm like, light bulb, ceiling, and we get a ceiling. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. But Brett is like positioning himself and his business in a place like, uh, this is a kingdom extending business. I bless wherever the Spirit of God leads me, and so the kingdom can come. And then other guys like Martin Kishul at Agnor Plumbing. I mean, it's amazing what they've been doing with our water and helping us with so many things. And, I'm, and they pray with their staff every morning as well. And all these guys, more and more guys are stepping up and saying, Jesus, this is a kingdom business. This is your business. This is yours. And then, peace. That's what I do with this church. I remind Jesus, this is your church, Jesus, and these are your people. help. (laughs) I lean into you, Lord. Give your family to Jesus. Give your work to Jesus. Give your environment to Jesus. Make him the king of it. Then he will fight for it. He will provide for it. He will be with you, and he will give you peace and joy. Amen. Then follow him in that process. His way must become our ways. You can't just say, well, Jesus is yours, but you don't obey Him. You need to follow Him. So how can God become our only option? Hallelujah. Amen. Deuteronomy eight eleven, last verse, and I'm in finished too. If you need to, I just want you to go read this at home when you have an opportunity. I'm just going to quickly read it to you. But it says, The danger of when blessing comes... When prosperity comes, when your breakthrough comes, is that it causes your heart to turn away from God. And it says there, but this is just before they went into the promised land. And then the Lord says, Beware, be careful when you take the promised land. It says, But that is the time to be careful. When? When the blessings come, when the breakthrough comes, when the financial provision comes, when the house comes, the car comes, the whatever comes. It says, But that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your Plenty, come on, say plenty. You do not forget the Lord your God and you disobey His commands, His regulations and decrees that I'm giving you today. Verse 12, for when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Ah, oh, many times i mean, time see seen the students, they have nothing and they're so passionate about Jesus. And then... They get the Mercedes, and then the blessings come, and then the prosperity comes, and then the heart turns away. No, it says, remember the Lord. Be careful. Verse 14, do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. But remember, guys, when the breakthrough comes, don't allow your heart to turn away. Surrender, daily surrender. God's your house. It's your car. It's, this is your job. This is for your glory. This is your business. This, my life is yours, Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's say it. My life is yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.